going on, my brothers and sisters, aunties and uncles, monks, Kabbalists, wizards, mystics, sons and daughters of God. Welcome to Mr. Woo Woo. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Mr. Woo Woo podcast. I'm your host, Joshua. Uh, it's been an amazing week. I hope you've had an amazing week too. It's kind of been all over the place. You've probably noticed and, you know, like Rebecca had mentioned, I'd like to thank her for coming on the podcast last week. She mentioned like there's been these noticeable acceleration in extreme light and extreme darkness. So things are going either extremely well for people or things are kind of bottoming out for a lot of folks. I'd agree. I'd agree. There's a lot to the point where I've had colleagues call me and ask like, what is going on right now? <laughs> What's going on in the world? What's going on with this planet? What's going on with these solar flares? So at least it's, it's grabbing the attention of a lot of people right now. And you might've noticed neither an increase in your discomfort or your relief of discomfort, things going your way, things not going your way. And things are going my way. I hope they are for you as well. I've been honored to participate in quite a few um, massive healings or cessations of long-standing pain, emotional pain, discomfort, a lot of great new clients. So I'd like to thank every single one of them. Uh, today, I'd like to start out by listening to a video put out by Sadhguru recently. And this is as woo-woo as it gets. Uh, if you're a muggle, this might not make any sense to you. But many times he does videos and has done entire series on the occult practices of the yogic path. What is that? How is it done? What are the physics? Uh, and recently he came out with a video um, called, Can Someone Do Black Magic on You With Your Photograph? When I was awakening, uh, when I was 19... I was in New Orleans for a short amount of time and some voodoo mamas scared the absolute crap out of me because, and I described this in my book, they, they're waiting down the street and one of them turns that's in front of me, 180, without having to ever acknowledge that I was there. Turns around, snaps just my photo, and then turns back around and just keeps walking like nothing had happened. And that freaked me out. I was just realizing that mental and psychic energy was a real force and a real thing and I was unaware up till that point that people had been wielding these forces in our world in our nation all around us without me having any idea I was just in a trained intellect and that freaked me out and uh, I realized later that if you give power to people, if you don't believe that that is a thing, like that can't harm you, then to a large extent, it will have absolutely no effect on you. Like, ah, that's absolute bullshit. Those people tend to, to do much better than folks that are aware that mental forces and magic and all of these things are actually real and a phenomenon of, of our consciousness, whether for constructive or destructive purposes. The destructive purposes being, of course, called black magic. And many people wield that. And there's, there's goodies and baddies. There's Jedi and there's Sith in the wielding of these forces. 
though the more powerful you get, the more untouchable you become. It's like becoming a fighter and knowing how to uh, properly block a punch, properly block a kick, knowing how to duck, how to move away. People are just getting hammered all day long, every day by their subconscious mind, advertising, programming, social media, all of that stuff. They don't realize that that has an actual effect, not only on their own biochemistry, causing anxiety, depression, things like that, but also on what they end up manifesting because other people are dictating through suggestion what you or what these people think about, which to me is the ultimate black magic. When you can control other people's thinking and therefore what they're going to manifest on either a personal or group level. It's like really astounding once you, you start to feel into it and think about it because globally that's that's the intent the forces that control industry military industrial complex pharmaceutical complex the um, informational or media industrial complex people that own these things at the top are aware of how to wield these forces and so do their surrogates and so do their corporations they're meticulously crafting your reality for you to their benefit Almost no one is aware of this. <laughs> if you read Think and Grow Rich and are able to connect the dots, you'll realize that people have been creating on your behalf since you were a little child. Started with your parents, ended up growing into your teachers, and eventually your heroes and your philosophers adopting their mindsets is basically programmed you like a dog or a computer. And it can only run based on the programs and software that it allows. It gets refined in your adult age through alcohol consumption and drug consumption because we never take responsibility for our power of thought. Excuse me. And definitely not our emotion. All spiritual books, all occult books are always talking about if you take command of your thinking and your feeling then you are the master of your destiny and captain of your ship. That's what will determine who shows up in your reality, how they show up, what situations do or don't show up for good or for bad. A lot of people are being programmed into negativity, negativity, negativity. As Segru would say, unpleasantness. And then they create more drama in their lives and more unpleasantness. And the cycle just kind of, it's a self-sustaining hamster wheel after a while. And believe me, the people creating these forces are aware of that. They're trying to create self-imposed prisons in your own mind and in your own heart and hoping you become addicted to negativity to the degree it can't leave your life. It's like an old familiar friend, a cellmate that you refuse to get rid of because you love the complaining, the condemning and criticizing. So all that aside, there's many levels to this from the personal all the way to the macro, we're talking the involvement of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of minds. A nation state, if you will, the collective consciousness of that. And uh, it's, it's astounding, like the further you get into it, how much we're affected by the minds of others. But here Sadhguru is talking about, can someone like a brujo, you know, would be a considered a wizard in the Latino world, uh, a la Don Juan Mattis, 
or Carlos Castaneda, that people can cast energy, spells, if you will, because they use the word to affect quantum reality, affect your field resonance, what you can and can't pay attention to, what information you will or will not consider. And that can be the difference between life and death in a lot of instances. So I'm going to play this video and uh, stop it for commentary at different points. And it might surprise you. This is coming from probably the most enlightened person that's in the public spectrum worldwide right now. And just brazenly talking about the physics of the occult. So this is an unfamiliar aspect of the yogic path. But yeah, that there's actual dark wizards that can grab your photograph, think at you, or cast specific spells of geometry upon you, and it will affect you, which would sound absolutely insane. Clinically insane to a Western mind. But those who are in the know, those who listen to this podcast know otherwise. They know your mind's creating reality. Because muggles, they don't know nothing, do they? Anyway, here's Sadhguru about it. Yeah pictures of their parents or grandparents or their children just born for blessings and, uh, you know, for various things. So if we can do positive things with the image of a person, you must know we can also do negative things. In India, if you go to a black magic artist, he will just ask for a picture. So that's a thing. By the way, you go to India, and you look up a black magic artist because they acknowledge that stuff is real on every level. If you talk to a Mexican person, they'll tell you the exact same thing. Brujos and brujas terrify them because they know they can actually do something. But now he's talking about the Hindu culture, y'all. And uh, apparently you can just walk in like, a, like it's a CVS and go, excuse me, I'd like to talk to your black magic caster, please. And they go, oh, you're looking to fuck someone up, cool. Let me go lead you to whoever that is. Okay, and let's continue. Because picture is a certain geometry. If you understand the geometry of a person's picture, you can create a geometry which will freak him. Now you can create a geometry which will enhance him, or you can create a geometry which is going to destroy him in some way. So, because of this, those cultures, wherever this is there, people don't want pictures to be taken. People who are in certain types of sadhana, even in India, menu sadhus and sannyasis, they don't want that picture to be taken. But these days they can cannot avoid, but unknowingly they take selfies. <laughs> so he's saying the spiritual scientists of his country don't allow themselves to have the picture taken, not because it steals some part of their soul, but because someone can use it as a target to target them with black magic. And especially if they're working delicately with multidimensional forces to either build a thought form, uh, create a god, they, can, they do that in their, in their particular path, or a, a long-term or, or vast spiritual project involving the minds of many people, they know like to introduce that would be kind of like dropping a little bit of poison in your martini. It's going to affect the whole creation. So um, they're, they're wary of that. So don't take their picture, especially without permission or anyone's really. <laughs> this is just something we do in our culture. So 
people are asking me, Sadhguru, are you okay for a selfie? I said, no selfie <laughs> because these silly trends will come and go. Life goes on beyond that. These trends are… The thing is, nobody is willing to take a picture of you. <laughs> so you want to shoot yourself and put it all over the place, which I think is… Uh, it doesn't agree with my aesthetics. <laughs> that I take my own picture and put it all over the place. Sagaru People roasting took us. pictures and they want to put it because they value it for something, all right? Because an image has a geometry of its own. We could have actually demonstrated if we had an image here, or you try at home yourself. Just this is amazing because he's going to give you the means of trying this for yourself to prove that a picture or a photo has a specific electromagnetic um, signature. So if you have a necklace that's called like a Rudraksha, like a real actual one that has these like seeds from India, it works the same as a pendulum would for those that are doing psychic work with, with a crystal pendulum where it can answer yes or no questions. If the energy is spiritual and in congruence with the geometry of creation in the universe, it will spin in a clockwise motion. And if it spins counterclockwise, that means some kind of destructive or demonic element to it as you're doing this over pictures. And you don't even have to look at the picture. That's the most amazing part. For example, I'm saying take a picture of me, a proper photo would be better, not a reprinted photo. It would be good, but even a, a book cover, just hold your Rudrak, see how it goes. Now this Rudraksha is going clockwise over Sadhguru's face. Download an image of some serial killer. I'm sure you are in touch with them on the internet. <laughs> and uh, check the Rudraksha, you see how it happens. Rudraksha is now going counterclockwise over a serial killer's photo, as would be expected. It'll happen very differently. And uh, if you bring certain image folded, okay? Not my regular picture, there are certain pictures where I'm in a certain state when pictures have been taken. Folded picture, you don't know what is there. You create a few, uh, what do you call them? Placebo pictures, all right? He's got a picture of like An a butterfly. An empty page, something else, a grasshopper flying, mm -hmm. uh, a tree, this, that, everything. If you have been meditating for a certain point of time, mix them all up so that you can't see on the surface what it is touch each one of them, probably many who have been initiated by me will immediately recognize which is the picture. Oh, this if one of the students finds his... This, that, simply if they touch it, they will know. Because just a, a two-dimensional or a flat surface of the picture has a geometry and a unique geometry and it's exuding that. If somebody knows how to read this geometry, he can create geometry either to enhance you or to create trouble for you. So wherever such arts were popular, people said, I don't want my picture anywhere because I don't want to become vulnerable to somebody else. My enemy wants to come and take a picture, I don't want that my picture in his house because we don't know how he will use it. So out of this concern, people would not allow pictures to be taken. Now that was the great mystic Sadhguru on the occult uses of imagery. And I like that he offered a simple scientific experiment on how to 
determine the energy or harmony being exuded by certain images. You could have them of Jesus Christ. You can have them of Lord Buddha. Obviously, there's no images of Muhammad. But that you would see a clockwise geometry around a pendulum that you held up. I've done these kind of experiments myself many times. It works every single time. When something's negentropic or negative or unpleasant, bad geometry, exuding evil, as he said, like with these serial killer pictures, it jumps off the page and goes counterclockwise, your pendulum and the crystal. And you could fold these pictures and mix them up and it will happen like that every single time. You just hold it really still and that pendulum will start to swing counterclockwise if, if it's of someone evil, clockwise if it's something congruent with the universe and something that's good. It's kind of mind-blowing to realize that people are like, oh, they're throwing shade at me. They're actually throwing something real at you, right? So we have to protect ourselves mentally as we go about our three-dimensional existence when we're awake, not when we're asleep. And if you need a thought form that works really well, the one I use is a cylinder of light. I just imagine like a very, like you'd have about a diameter of about 10 feet for myself, very, very bright celestial white light that surrounds me. I qualified as invincible. It's unconditional love. It can let divine love in and out, but it doesn't let anything else in or out. And I extend that tube, not, not only like way up over my head, connecting into the multidimensional aspects of self, but down all the way through the core, through the center of the earth. And I could feel an immediate difference when I remember to put it up. It's like turning on a switch. I could feel it physiologically. I feel it sensorially when that pr protection envelops me. And then within it, I do a bunch of stuff. So now this is like your space. So I can bring in other light rays of divinity, you know, a violet ray. As I imagine violet fire coming up from beneath my feet, uh, well up over my head. And this dissolves all the negativity in my field. But the most important piece is that thought form of absolute protection, that cylinder. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you don't prefer that, if you resonate more with like a bubble around you, you can imagine a very vast um, spherical bubble of either gold or white light surrounding you. Make it invincible. Make it like a foot thick. Make that light like a foot thick. Make it semi-permeable to love, of course. You gotta kind of mentally, imaginally add these qualifiers, intend that it be forever, self-maintaining, and invincible against all evil or all discord forever. And then you let it go and you walk about your day and you'll notice that it's almost like a protective shield. It can, it can ward these things off. You'll have less incidences of things not going well a lot of times this is because of other people's mental interference and it's a real thing. So in other cultures, like in, um, in Mexico and in India, they have real practitioners who whole, their whole thing is just destroying people <laughs> mentally, physically, emotionally, because thought can do that. We're doing that to ourselves all day. Our thinking, any negative thinking has a physiological effect, either for good or for bad. That's, as Sadhguru says, that soup's either getting delicious or disgusting with every thought you allow in, whether it's true or not. If it's unpleasant, 
delicious. If it's, I'm sorry, if it's pleasant, delicious. If it's unpleasant, it's going to make the soup bad. Even if it's true, you got to put your attention on things that are delicious, desirable, wonderful, enjoyable, uplifting, things that make you smile. And let that be the dominant intention of your day. As Esther Hicks through Abraham would say, I want you throughout the day to reach all day for the most, the highest feeling thought that you can about every subject that comes up. As far as you can is the highest, best, most perfect feeling anything. An animal comes up. Oh, I'd see perfect care for that animal. I'd see it living harmoniously with the other things. Whatever the subject is, and it's not going to be easy because sometimes you got to go deal with the government or you got to deal with the bank or you got to deal with uh, family members that are unpleasant. You have to reach for the best feeling thought about every one of those subjects, every one of those people, every one of those nouns. And your world will become magical. <laughs> it sounds delusional, but it's actually magical because it will begin, the reality will begin to conform to your expectations about it. Another thing I wanted to share, I know this is a little jumpy in topic, but you might've remembered my brother's episode and we, we just talk about movies because there's something magical about it. storytelling, it's archetypal transference. And we live into these storylines. We live into these personality types, the ones that we go, wow, that person's cool. I want to be like that. It begins, your ego begins to take shape in the mold of the expression of those people. And I'm sure all of you know this. If you don't know this movie, man, you missed out on everything great about the 80s. Possibly the greatest film of all time, now that I've seen it again. And I'm just blown away by it. Hey, man, it's The Breakfast Club, y'all. Do you remember The Breakfast Club? And Skinner, that asshole principal. Every single character in that movie is an unbelievable archetype. And I didn't realize until I watched it again how much all five of those quote-unquote kids, even though they looked like 30 or something, molded my life in so many ways every character and i even got deeper insights into it it also displays the five types of shitty parents that exist in the world the ones that like how to do parenting wrong this is a manual i wish every parent would watch this with their either almost or current teenage kid they cover kids that are ready to, like for suicide neglect, drug use, alcohol use, peer pressure, bullying. It covers freaking everything. Abusive parents. Amazing. All, all five of these kids were abused. It's just what we called normal in the 80s. <laughs> and they were the five type. Molly Ringwald's character was the popular girl. She's in the pressure to be fake. You know, she's the one that said, Hey, I know we're all homies right now, but when we get back to class, I'm going to probably ignore you because I live my life according to my social pressures. Her shitty parents were using her as a pawn because you have divorced parents and they're using the kid as a pawn to one up each other. That was her character. Horrible parents, superficial, and it turns it into a superficial daughter. And she didn't want anything to do with that. She's macking the rebel at the end. All right. Johnny. Whoever, you know, the criminal kid. Like, man, why does he act the way he act? Because his father's beating him down. Because he's burning cigars on his arm. They all realize that. And they're like, oh shit, that's why he's an asshole. 
oh my God. And he rebelled against, against authority. Why wouldn't you? Authority is burning cigars out on his arm because of stupid ass shit. Poor. He grew, also the poverty. Him and the rich girl hook up. Love it. Little Mackie Mac. The goth girl. Oh man, I loved goth girls because of this girl. She was so, so unique, so mysterious. And her parents just neglect the fuck out of her. Also, she's a kleptomaniac. Like, kid, like, why does a kid a klepto? Because this, both her parents neglected her, didn't pay attention to her. She had to create her own boundaries. Possibly the worst of the five. You know, outright abuse is one thing. Neglect is one of the most horrific forms of abuse you can, you can experience, especially as a child. Not getting hugged. Not being paid attention to. Them not caring what happens. She can get pregnant. She can get on drugs. They, they don't care. That's the worst. And she is awesome. Ends up hooking up with the freaking wrestler guy. Well, she sweeps a little way, boom, boom. Puts a little little style to it. Bam. Now she's uber attractive. That's always there. That's always there. Eating them sugar packets. She was incredible. I forget the actress's name. The fourth... <laughs> shitty set of parents was the jock Emilio Estevez who by the way does one of the best monologues ever still makes me tear up the level of self-conscious like self-awareness he had after he bullied a kid to make his dad happy because his dad was one of those asshole abusers that only care if their kids are victorious in sports they living out their life through their kid and he even says in the movie I hate my dad the dad probably had no idea his son hates his guts and encouraged him to become a bully. And bullying some kid. And he had such a great heart that he was like, I can't imagine the shame he felt. So, like, if kids have bullying problems, this is the movie <laughs> you want to show them. Because the guy had compassion for the kid he bullied. And all the, all the dad cared about was that he won. And the other type of parent that shit like that was the nerd. The bookworm. I, I identified as that guy. So much pressure. You want to kill yourself if you get an F. I've felt that. I came close to that when I was in seventh grade. I mean, my mom didn't drive me like his mom, but his, his mom was like, yo, you're worthless unless you get A's. Nothing about you is great unless you get only A's. That's what makes you you. You only have it. So she's a different version of the jock dad. Succeed or you're nothing to me. Win or you're nothing to me. To the point where the kid wanted to kill himself. Yeah, he brought a flare gun, which was a hilarious moment. But that pressure to succeed, that's the reason that Japan has the highest suicide rates in the world. They don't get into the right school. They don't get in the job. They commit seppuku or even kill their oppressive parents. Number one in both categories of kids that kill their parents and, and kids that kill themselves. I felt that pressure when I was young. And seeing the plight of those other four kids made me realize I was missing other things. I needed to become more athletic. I could become more artistic and mysterious. I could become more popular like Molly. And I could definitely rebel a lot more like Johnny did. And I became way too much of all of those things. <laughs> way too much snapped. And I was just like, I'm, I was way too much of all of those things. I became a kind of an intellectual, but like you get the side effects of all of them. And all of these kids are abused in some way and they find camaraderie in different ways to deal with the five different types of abusive parents. Yeah, the, the principal was a douchebag. 
that's that's the whole point. Skinner is is the dude that just simply forgot. He's the he represents the adults that forgot the struggle of identity and and fitting in and being your best self. He forgot all of those things and just thought about himself from the old person's perspective. Carl the janitor is the best character in it. He sees all, he knows all, and he can empathize with the kids and he can empathize with the with the uh, the principal who's a total dick. And he just watching them all navigate and do like a group therapy together and uncovering each other's different types of abuses. This is the penultimate movie. The, the ultimate movie to share with, if you got a teenage kid, whether they're 11, all the way up till 17, this is the best movie for them because you will see yourself somewhere like where how am i one of these five parents that suck and you might see how your kid might fall into one of these five categories of of child of young adult and seeing god like am i going to end up like my parents are we going to all and they're just like dude it might be inevitable and despite that at the end spoiler alert if you haven't seen it they just go to hell with the fucking parents fuck them to hell with our peers you know it's the reason i was able to not succumb to peer pressure was one this movie was one of those reasons the reason i had to learn to like check my intellectual bullying is because emilio estevez or or check my 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 rage at a at a stupid world you know through johnny not caring about chasing fame or popularity even with this podcast i don't give a fuck about being famous i don't want people to know who i am i want there to be enough listeners that i can start doing cool commercials and stuff like that i've always enjoyed the concept of advertising i think people do it poorly i'm so excited to have enough subscribers that other people would take notice and be like hey i'd like to sell a product and i'll only sell the products that i feel are the best are the best i'm not advertising for death water or whatever the fuck is called liquid death never would if they had one called liquid life you're gonna find it on the <laughs> mr who podcast i'm never gonna deal with those people you're not gonna hear a mcdonald's commercial at this motherfucker because they go back on their contracts fuck mcdonald's so it's my goal is to eventually monetize of course this podcast so i could do it for a living and i could do it from anywhere i would love to do that uh but it's all of you that are listening to this, it's thanks to you that I'm going to be able to branch out into that and uh, become more of what I am, be able to uh, help my family um, grow and succeed. And I think that's all we're all trying to accomplish here is to become better than how our parents were <laughs> and to become hopefully eventually the best version of ourself, even if we didn't get much of an example. You know, we get it in pieces. You know, parenting's an impossible, impossible task with no manual. But you can definitely tell when it's not going right, when it's causing more damage than it is good. So hopefully all of you rent that uh, movie. It's on Netflix right now, The Breakfast Club. God, it's so it's such a perfect thing. Even the music goes along exactly perfectly with every every note of it. And uh, I hope you dig it too. Check it out and see if you see any of yourself in there. Uh, I've had to overcome a lot of that stuff in my adult life. You know, all those influences and archetypes and ways of being that, that weren't serving me, that weren't pleasant. 
and we can all grow. We can all become more than how our peers look at us. We can all become more than how our parents look at us or even how our kids might look at us. That can still change. That's still plastic. So I hope you take the opportunity to do that. I'd like to thank Sadhguru for his, as always, amazing, amazing advice and counsel. There might be more of those kind of videos to smell out, you know, over the next uh, several the next several years because he's one of the few mystics that's like, yo, I don't care. You can reuse as many of my images, as many of my words as you wish because it's useful. So remember your magical protection, right? Your spiritual protection, column of light, bubble of light. And rent the breakfast club if you get a chance, okay? Absolutely love all of you. Um, yeah, and I hope you have another amazing week filled with miracles and happiness. All right? I'll be talking to you soon. He's Mr. Woo Woo. That's me. I love you all. Peace and aloha.